The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, preached on November 24th, Thanksgiving Eve, 2010. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit moves our hearts to give thanks to our God and our Savior Jesus Christ is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. During a 40-year span of ministry, I would guess many pastors perform burials for 70 people or more. But this wasn't over the full span of his ministry. In fact, it wasn't even a full year. But in one day, Pastor Reinhardt performed funeral rites for 70 people. And he did the same the next day and the day after that. The year was 1637. And Pastor Rinkart was the only pastor left in the city of Eilenburg, Germany. This was during the height of the Thirty Years' War that had begun in 1618. By 1637, armies had been marching across Germany one way and the, uh, the other way, plundering the fields for nearly 20 years. Refugees had fled to walled cities like Eilenburg. Disease and famine ran rampant. And so in that dreadful year of 1637, Pastor Rinhart performed nearly 4,500 burial rites, including many for his co-workers, and even his own dear wife. And yet, dear friends, it was during this same war that would lead to such tragedies that this same pastor, Martin Rinkart, wrote these words in the year 1630. Nun danket alle Gott mit Herzen, Mund und what an example that is of what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans. For those words say, Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices. 
What an example of what we hear the Apostle saying as he writes here, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Now granted, he wrote that hymn seven years before that most dreadful year of that war. And I do not know how much he would have sung that hymn during that year of 1637. But his faithful service throughout that year and onwards certainly shows a faith that rejoiced even in suffering. How can we imitate such a faith as we put into practice these words of the Apostle Paul that he records in Romans chapter 5? For you see, so often our faith is is myopic. We're, We're nearsighted. We see the present trouble in front of us we feel the, the, the struggles around us. We, we taste the agony of this life and we smell the stench of defeat. And we wonder how can we ever rejoice or give thanks. And yet as we think about this here, we see that the Holy Spirit, through these words given to the Apostle Paul, opens our eyes to look beyond the present suffering and to see into the distance so that no matter what we are going through in this life, we can join Pastor Rincart and say, now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices. The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Justified. What a word for our faith to hold on to, no matter what we are going through in this life. Justified. That word takes us into the court of justice of our God. And yes, the judge there certainly knows all. He sees all. He knows your guilt and mine. He sees your sins, even the ones hidden in the dark, deep corners of your heart. Even the ones you yourself are unaware of. And no amount of our human effort or working or arguing is going to convince him otherwise. Just read Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through chapter 3, verse 20. And you will see that no one And I repeat, no one will be justified in his sight by doing the works of the law. For we have all broken the law. And yet, the word here isn't convicted, is it? It doesn't say condemned. That's what we would expect for lawbreakers like us. But what does the apostle write? Justified. We have been justified. Now, how can that be? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, he says. That's how, dear friends. That's how. For he was handed over into death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That's what the verse right before the text says. Justified. How that changes our perspective. For you see... Instead of focusing on our present troubles, that word lifts up our eyes to look into the distant, into the distant past, nearly 2,000 years, 
It lifts up our eyes to look to that hill outside of Jerusalem with three crosses on it. And the Holy Spirit there focuses our eyes on the center cross. And we begin to see clearly that the one hanging on that cross is not merely a man, but also our God, the eternal Son of God. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see that He dies, not because of anything He has done, for He is innocent. He dies on account of our sins and all the sins of the world. He dies in our place as your substitute. And so his perfectly right record is freely credited to you in God's courtroom. He has paid the penalty and suffered the punishment that we rightly deserve, being forsaken by God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ alone do we have that most blessed verdict, justified, acquitted, forgiven. And only that verdict removes the enmity, the hostility, the warfare that existed between us and God because of our sins. Now there is peace with God instead of warfare. Now there is open access to the Father instead of the separation caused by our sin. Being justified through our Lord Jesus Christ, we now stand in God's grace by faith so that His rich blessings, His rich treasures surround us, lavished on us by the love that God has shown to us undeserving creatures. See how how this changes our tears into joy if the sufferings and troubles of this world lead you to wonder about God's love if your conscience condemns you as unforgivable if your life seems like it's lacking or your prayers seem unanswered and listen anew to that verdict ringing out from the empty tomb of our crucified and risen Savior. Hear God's verdict for you and believe it, dear friends. Believe it. Justified. Yes, justified. How great the love of God that brought us that verdict. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul instead of looking at the sufferings and troubles of this world and letting them lead you to question God's love, look at the cross and see just how deep and wide and broad and high His love for you is. And believe it. Believe it. Justified. Don't let your conscience condemn you. Yes, it's accusations that... You are a guilty sinner. That accusation is right and correct. But God's verdict overrules our conscience. Having been justified through our Lord Jesus Christ, you are forgiven through faith in Jesus. 
So be at peace with God. Be at peace with God and then you can also be at peace with yourself. Justified. By faith you stand in his grace that has blessed you with all that we need so that we do not lack anything that is truly necessary. And what is more, for whatever we feel that uh, as a care or, or a concern, we have open access to our Heavenly Father's throne room so that we can call upon Him in every trouble. How great our Father is. His doors are no longer locked because of our sin. His verdict has overruled our guilt and forgiven our sins. For we have been justified by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. That was Pastor Rinkart's faith back there in Eilenburg, Germany. And he knew that no matter how bad the life in this world came, nothing could overrule that verdict that sounded out from the empty tomb of our Savior. That is our faith as well. So that as we look and see in the distance our Savior crucified for us and risen from the dead, as we hear God's verdict that we are justified through our Lord Jesus Christ, we too can sing, Now thank we all our God. But there's more here that the Holy Spirit does for us. He opens our eyes not only to look beyond our present trouble to the past, to the verdict of justification that has been accomplished. He opens our eyes as well to look to the future, to see what our Lord is working out for us, even through suffering, as Paul writes here. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. As the 30 years war dragged on, No doubt this was the only hope left for Pastor Rinkart. Even an end of the war with a peace treaty would not bring back his wife or his co-workers or the thousands of others claimed by the plague and, and famine. But no matter how dark the days were, no matter how hopeless this life became, in Jesus he had hope. A hope that would not disappoint or prove false. And so do you, dear Christian. So do you. Maybe, though, maybe much of that sadness and disappointment and despairing that we face in this life comes because we build too many of our hopes on other things on our health and wealth, on our family and friends. Yes, when these things are going well, even an unbeliever can rejoice and give thanks. But how often doesn't our hope in Christ become buried under them? And that's why we rejoice in suffering. For that's how our hope in Christ shines out all the more brightly. Listen again to what the Apostle says here. As Paul writes, We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. You see, the Holy Spirit here is helping us see into the future, into the blessed results that our Lord is working for us through the suffering that we may go through. 
suffering knocks away from us all those other pillars that we are tempted to build our hope on. Things like our, uh, our talents, our money, our determination, or, or things outside of us like, like technology or healthcare or the government or, or the economy and, and things like that. All those are knocked away so only Christ is left. And He is the solid rock. He is the firm foundation so that we persevere. Even though all those other things that people like to hope in are, are taken away, yet we persevere as we bear up underneath the suffering because we are standing on Christ. And He is not sinking sand. He is the solid rock who does not give way, who does not crumble. And so suffering works perseverance. And perseverance works character. Just as fire drives out the impurities and tempers iron to be even stronger, so also our Lord works through the sufferings we endure. Yes, as we patiently persevere under suffering, our Savior is training our character to be ever stronger. So that even though the attacks of Satan grow more and more fierce, even though the warfare of this world bears down heavy on us, nevertheless, we stand firm on Christ because He has trained our character. And this prepares us for our spiritual warfare far more thoroughly than any kind of basic training could train a soldier for the military. Yes, suffering works perseverance. Perseverance works character. And character works hope. Yes, this character tested in the crucible of suffering and trained to persevere does not give way, does not give up but rather keeps on hoping in our Savior Jesus Christ no matter what. For as we trust this good that our Lord is working for us through suffering, we rejoice and give thanks. Yes, even in suffering we can sing, Now thank we all our God. And Paul concludes here, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. This hope of the glory of God that he has trained us through suffering and perseverance and character, this, this, this hope that we keep persisting in is, is not some sort of wishful thinking or some sort of optimistic spirit. No, this is hope that is built on the foundation of God's love in Christ. For you see, through his word, through baptism and through the Lord's Supper, he has given you the Holy Spirit. That's what sustained Pastor Rincart. And that's what sustains you and me as well. The Holy Spirit works through God's word and sacraments to pour God's love into our hearts so that we persevere and keep on patiently hoping in Christ who will not fail 
And so his training for us in troubles strengthens our hope so that we can sing at all times, now thank we all our God. On December 10th, 1648, the Peace of Westphalia brought an end to the Thirty Years' War. And history records that on that day, this very hymn, Now Thank We All Our Gods, was sung. And it was sung to the same tune that we still use today. How much more so when our warfare on this earth is ended and we stand in the eternal peace of heaven before the throne of our God and of the Lamb, how much more so will we not raise our voice and praise our God? But even now, even now in the midst of this earthly life and suffering, we still can share in that joy and praise our God in thanks, for you have been justified by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. His verdict overrules your guilt and his training for you in suffering strengthens your hope so that today and every day we can sing. Now thank we all our God. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all our understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.